Hey, I'm Robbie Kramer. You're listening to the Leverage Podcast, where we discuss using your social skills to hack dating, travel, finding your dream job, and becoming a complete man. Now, I want to talk about this phenomenon I've been seeing. It's not really a phenomenon. It's a pattern that I've noticed with most of the guys in the group who have progressed through the belt system, the, the new belt system, but you know, progress through the content, are doing really well, have had a lot of success. I noticed this pattern. I was sharing this with Patrick a little bit. And uh, it's, a, it's a progression, you know, the guys through the group. So most guys come to the group because they've, they have some problem. Uh, maybe their text messaging isn't solid or they're getting flaked on a lot or they're not dating the girls that they feel like they deserve to be dating. But most guys come in through this dating funnel that I've built. Um, you know, a lot of guys come in through different videos they've seen on YouTube or listening to the podcast or interviews with me, whatever. So your first problem is girls, right? And ideally, the best thing you can possibly do when your first issue is girls is go out smash approach anxiety, talk to a gazillion girls, collect tons of phone numbers, learn how to text, go on a bunch of dates. And you're going to do that, you're going to do that over and over and over and over. And then you're going to hit a wall. And that wall you're going to hit is you're going to be dating and hooking up with and you're going to have casual girlfriends, all that stuff, but they're not going to be with the type of girls that you really want. They're going to be with girls that they're cool, they're awesome, whatever, but most, almost every single guy will come to me like, I'm not dating girls that are either hot enough. It's usually a hot enough thing because that's where the insecurities lie. Like, oh, she's too hot for me. She's too pretty, whatever. So you're going to hit that wall and you're going to strike out with girls and you're going to be probably annoyed that you're striking out because you're going to see these other fucking guys getting the girls you want and you're going to look at their resume and you're going to compare it to your resume and you're going to realize it's bullshit. You probably uh, make more money, you're smarter, have better education, nicer guy, come from a better family, you name it. You got him beat in every category except he's dating and banging the girls you want to be dating and banging. And the reason why is because it's that not giving a fuck cool factor. Girls don't really give a fuck about a whole lot. They they want to date guys who <laughs> who don't give a fuck and who are cool and who are interesting. The hotter the girls, the more they want an interesting guy. Right? Doesn't matter how broken they are, doesn't matter how good of guys they are, really all that matters is that they these guys make them feel more than other guys. And that's really the difference. If if you're losing out to promoters or bartenders other broke dick losers, <laughs> um, photographers, right? These are the girls that, these are the guys that usually the most beautiful women are dating. It's, uh, it's simply a factor that those guys make those girls feel more shit, feel more emotions. So how do you then compete with those guys? Well, how do you become essentially a more interesting, cool, well-rounded, but crazy who can make them feel shit guy? Well, that's when you got to start doing crazy shit. That's when you got to start traveling, looking into other 
other things you can do in life besides the same old, same old. Um, and then that's when guys typically come on the Europe trip or they'll say, I'm going to, you know, take a hiatus from my job or I'm going to, instead of teaching school in New York, I'm going to move to Brazil and I'm going to teach there and I'm going to be, you know, all of a sudden in this new culture and have to learn all these new things and being surrounded by different people and what people find when they travel. So here's the cool thing about traveling. If you meet an American in Belgrade, you're going to have an instant connection because guess what? You're both American. There's hardly any Americans there. And it doesn't even matter if you, even, in, even in London, you have the American connection, um, wherever you are. And the more obscure the place, the more the American connection matters. And odds are, if you meet, a fellow American somewhere far overseas, they're going to be a pretty cool dude because people who are boring and lame don't really travel. Um, so the social circles you'll be able to build abroad are going to be 10 times better than the social circles you're probably capable of building at home for that reason, because you just get points for being an American. And the Americans over there are cool. I, I can't tell you how many people make this mistake. Um, you know, girls would be like, or just, I, w I was on the way home from Coachella the other day, and one of the girls in the car was like, yeah, Australians are the coolest people ever. I love Australians. They're so awesome. We had a couple of Aussies in the car. And one of the Aussies go, well, actually, to be honest, Australians really aren't that cool. You just happen to meet the ones that travel. And those ones are cool because it takes something to travel. And the rest of them, the majority, just like the majority of Americans, suck. Live in the middle of America, they're boring, they're fat, they're lame. So when you travel, you meet the cream of the crop. Your social circle becomes way more amazing. You're surrounded by other people doing crazy shit, which makes you do crazy shit because we are basically just a product of, of our environment. You know, show me your friends, I'll show you your future, or you're the collection of the five people you hang out with the most. So while you're traveling and meeting these awesome people, making new friends, building social circles, now you don't, you're no longer this boring, dull guy that you used to think you were. And compared to these guys that were snaking your girls before, you come back to the U.S. and you either do a lot better with those girls um, or you don't come back to the U.S. for a myriad of reasons why <laughs> it's great to not. Um, and you do really well with foreign girls or the, Mar the American girls you meet out there. And then once you've traveled a lot, you realize this is a lot more fun than working 9 to 5 or going back to the drag of every day or the lull of everyday life. So you figure out a way to make that your life. And you have all these cool connections that you've met. While traveling, these interesting people, those connections are way more likely to lead to opportunities, careers, you name it. And really, without, without even realizing it, you'll probably have started a new business, um, you know, found a way to make a bunch of money doing side hustles while you're traveling. Um, who knows? gotten a relationship, started a business with her, but most likely your career will have substantially changed. Um, and in that process, if you can manage to stay healthy and keep something that resembles a six pack, that it's a lot better. <laughs> and, uh,
<laughs> but we found that most most of the people in this group have, do a really good job of that. Um, just because you're you're constantly you know in that if if you're single, it's a lot easier to stay in good shape. Most people get fat when they're in a relationship, and you know they don't have to look good. Sex is easy. Why not just go out to eat all the time and crush burgers? So what what ends up happening is you have a new career that you love. You do really well with awesome hot chicks. You have an abundance of them in your life, and you're in good shape. And that's what I've seen with almost every guy in this group who's stuck around and gone through the curriculum, gone on the Europe trip, gone to the workshops that we do. Um, you know, it's just a matter of time. But it's an interesting progression because it's not like you know most guys are like, oh, I want to work on my career, and then once well, as most people think, once I make a bunch of money then I'll be in a really good position to attract girls. No, you'll just be a rich dude who sucks with chicks, who has bad social skills. So it's kind of funny how it you first have to work on yourself with girls, face rejection, then you have to make yourself interesting, travel a lot, work on your career, work on being you know, more of a well-rounded, interesting guy who can make girls feel shit, and then you can go back to the dating stuff and really crush it hard. You don't really have to go back to it. You're never really going to leave it. But um, you can then put a lot more attention and focus into your dating life once you're a lot more settled and, and prosperous in your career. And if you love what you do and you love the way you spend your days and your time, that's going to rub off to women. And they're going to be like, whoa, this guy's so interesting and cool. And you can date whoever you want. And I never realized well, you're that. You're describing my life right this minute. <laughs> it's the same as everyone. It's you. It's James. Um yeah, it's uh, it's Sherbon who's gonna peace out of the U.S. pretty soon. He's finally he's finally given in. Um, it's Corey. It's Cameron. Um, you know, David's in the process of it on his crazy trip. Um, you know, some of you younger guys like TJ, college guys, Sergio. You know, in the mid twenties. This is more of a late twenties, early thirties sort of thing. You know, your early twenties, your mid twenties. It's more about finding, you know, you can do that. You can go and travel and, and certainly do that. But you're going to be, like, traveling on a budget um, and, you know, hostile bouncing and not getting in college education or whatever. Um, you know, most, most guys spend, like, age 22 till 26 or 27 kind of fumbling through different jobs to find out what's good. Same with you, Joey. Um, you know, you guys are all really smart and successful and, you know, you got the, you started doing this shit at a young age. Um, and your, your guys' progression looks very similar to mine too. You know, when I got in this stuff, I was 22 and I stumbled around in banking for like three years. And then I started all this pickup shit, stumbled around doing that. Um, you know, I turned that into IC, but you no, know, there was not until I was, I was broke at age 29, completely broke, not knowing what the fuck to do. Um, almost closed down IC during that time. So now that I see the pattern more clearly, it's a lot easier for me to, uh, you know, to give you guys a little bit more targeted advice, you know, based on where you're at. Like, I feel like Sherbon's been kind of, uh, Sherbon, if you can unmute yourself, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this. I feel like Sherbon's been kind of like grasping around in the dark for probably about a year. Um, and I really think it's due to his, you know, and he's, he's stuck. He's not finding those dat ass squat girls, 
right? And he's losing out on those girls to, to losers, the idiots. Um, and he's just kind of bored with his job going, you know, just doing the same old thing. And every time he travels to Eastern Europe, he has a great time, meets awesome chicks, um, finds the girls he wants, but then he just goes back to Santa Monica. So, Sherbon, any thoughts? Yeah, I pretty much agree with everything you said. My only dilemma is, uh, you know, my my boring 9-to-5 lifestyle has got me to a very comfortable spot financially. So it's like abandoning that for something that on the surface is going to, you know, drastically make me uh, reduce my lifestyle is, is, uh, that's pretty much the mental uh, hurdle I'm trying to overcome. No, but it, but it's, it's not though, because you're going to spend your cost of living away from Santa Monica, uh, especially if you've got your, you know, the condo that you own, if you have that rented out, your cost of living is going to be pennies. And if so, if anything, your, your, your lifestyle is going to be better. <laughs> A million times better. Very true. My le- my one month in Bali, I stayed in nicer places than I've ever stayed in my entire life. And uh, it was a fraction of what it would cost in the U.S. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm really, really close. Uh, I, I, I just feel like I've hit a wall here. Like, unless I, you know, unless I suddenly, you know, get a star in a uh, in a major Hollywood feature film or something, I don't see myself uh, as doing any better in L.A. I feel like I've kind of plateaued. Robbie, can I interject for a second? Go ahead. Um, so today was a pretty cool day. Um, I got a text message this morning uh, saying, inviting me to shoot in Mexico. Um, so basically... Um, I went on this business meeting with her to, to, or to, with this guy to confirm the, uh, to go to this, uh, retreat in Mexico and do the thing. I brought along my new photo assistant with me. And after the meeting, she really got to the point where she was like, she didn't really understand what I did. I agreed to go to this thing in Mexico for free, except for I would pay for my flight, but I didn't ask for any money. So, um, I basically am allowing using that as a networking connection to get to the point where I can make money in the future. But her mindset was so short sighted that she didn't see why are you not asking for money right now? Um, and I was like, because I know the pie is much bigger. If I do this for them, get their relationship, then much bigger things will happen in the future. So I'm already getting a value out of it by a free retreat. I'm already going to, it's a, it's a workout and yoga retreat. So I'm already getting a value by working out and going to yoga on this thing. But I'm also creating a, a network that I can leverage in the future to make more money. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so it's, um, that's awesome that you've, you know, made that happen. Um, and so you know, the more Siobhan, you so short. It, Sorry, I didn't mean to interject again, but Siobhan's a little short-sighted and said, Siobhan, you have enough money to go do this for three, six months, I think. Um, yes, I'm going to do it for like five years. <laughs> be fine. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> but go do it. Like, 
I, I actually didn't, and also don't just go and do it, go and work on stuff while you're there. Work on your photography skills, work on something that you like to do. Don't just go and travel around, which is kind of what I did over the last summer, which was fine, but I wish I had done what I'm doing now, last summer, and that would probably be much farther ahead now. So, well, you didn't know what you were doing, on, so... I already, I already, you, it's hard. It's hindsight's twenty twenty, because you didn't know what you were doing last summer. You were just kind of figuring it out. But, um, well, I know Shabon's on the same page, so we we don't have to preach to the choir there. Um, you know, he it's uh, he's fed up with L.A. and and yeah, Sherbizi. Unless you know, the places like L.A. and even New York too. Um, you know, your your competition is so strong, right? And the hottest girls are getting access to everything that you need to stand out from the crowd or you need, you know, you really need the social circle, right? You don't have to be insanely awesome, cool, but if your social circle's dope and you get those repeated FaceTimes over and over, you can find really awesome girls, like in the festival scene. Um, but it's just... Uh, if you're, I think if you were doing something that that really got you going, and you could talk about that, and that would really improve your social circle, because right now your social circle is just kind of like, you know, you have the built-in IC social circle, which is great, um, but I think you could. Yeah, honestly, honestly, yeah, my, my, my social yeah social circle has been IC and harem girls. That's about it. Uh, I did meet this really cool guy at that uh, at that party. I, I posted about this already, but uh, yeah, he invited me to this like entrepreneurial breakfast thing in Beverly Hills. I'm gonna go to that, and then uh, we brainstormed about this like little festival startup thing. Uh, so if nothing else, we get some cool festival clothes out of it. Uh, so I'm I'm starting I'm starting to do that. Um, yeah, no, 100% agree about the social circle thing. I've, uh, it's just one of those things. I don't know. It's, it's kind of like with the, you know, with the girls and stuff. You can day game or apps, but social circle, there's, it's not quite as like paint by numbers. You have to be a little bit more creative. Um, well, the biggest so, thing for yours, right? Um, I, I can tell you why. If I meet, if I meet an interesting guy he's going to want to keep me around, right? Because I do some weird, interesting shit, right? Like, I meet Vitaly, and, yeah, everyone wants to go on his orgy trains, right? But when I tell him about the crazy shit that I'm doing, he's like, oh, okay. Like, he sees business deals, he sees other things. So that's that's his motivation. Um, and it's, it's funny when... Uh, when I talked to the other guys that were on that uh, that trip that we were on, Shaban, most of those guys were friends with Vitaly due to some business arrangement, right? And so it was a business yeah, relationship, yeah, yeah. and then it was like, like he he has a lot he has a lot of startups, and like it seems like each of those guys was a part of one of those, or potentially could be a part of one of those, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so if you had a, uh, you know, more going on in, in your business life that you could share, um, that you could collaborate with other people, I think that would really make the bigger difference. And if I look at my social circle and, you know, the, the guys that Jesse and I hang out with, it's almost always 
due to a business thing and then later it turns into a social thing. Like Ben Wolf was a business deal and obviously that was the greatest social hack that, you know, <laughs> that we've ever pulled off because that led to this, you know, a parade of mohos for many years until Ben unfortunately decided to no longer party. Uh, Robbie. Yeah. Um, I just had a question about that with regards to like social circle and um, not only in like your professional life, just doing interesting things with your life, mm-hmm. um, you know, traveling, but also, you know, it's effect on not only your career, but dating as well. Just one thing I've sort of noticed, um, like over the past 10 years of my life or so is just the benefit of having a strong social circle or even just an interesting life. So, you know, I know this guy that never went to college, this guy that I went to high school with and really great with women. And I look at, you know, what he does with his life and he travels to Southeast Asia and it just seems to make him more interesting to everybody. Yeah. And so of course all girls want to be with the guy who, you know, is just revered by everyone. So it's, and this is a guy who, you know, is not all that bright. Has, he works in a trade, you know, never went to college, almost yeah. failed out of high school, you know. Most of these but guys are. So ultra successful. <laughs> right. A lot of yeah, these exactly. guys, they, yeah. it's, it's, they rely on their social skills and the fact that they take risks and they've done interesting shit. And that leads right, to exactly. good conversations. Um, people with resources, whether it be hot girls or rich guys, they want to surround themselves with yeah. people that make their life more interesting, right? Because if you have money, yeah. what do you want? Well, you don't want more money. Right. You want to do cool shit. And there's only so much shit you can pay for, right? You can't pay to go on the Ukrainian train orgy that me and Shabon went on. There's no amount of money that gets you in that, right? It's just purely who you know. <laughs> and um, right. And so that's well, what... Well, one thing that... Mm-hmm. Well, I was just going to say, like, one thing that I've noticed is, you know, I've spent the last maybe five years of my, in my field, you have to, you're in it, you're either in it or you're just not fucking doing it. You know, there's no like real time off, but you know, in the next six months or so I'm doing traveling, traveling healthcare services. So that should help. But the, um, the one thing that I've noticed is like, it doesn't matter how, I think you sort of touched on this is it doesn't matter like how great of a guy you are or how, verbose you are, any, anything like that. If, if she needs somebody else who provides that sort of interest, whatever, doesn't matter what it is. If he provides like some sort of social benefit to her, you don't have a chance against that guy. Not much else matters. It's just something I've, I, I've always realized that I'll lose out to the guy who just has more going on or offers more to her at the time. It doesn't even have to be like going out. It's just what interests her. Totally. At that time. Yeah. Makes so her feel more if shit. If that guy has that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. It just piques her interest. And she'll be like, oh, that guy? You know, yep. that guy's boring. Exactly. You'll never hear from her again. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, thanks for, uh, thanks for weighing in. Um, I wanted to talk to uh, Joey, too. What are your thoughts, Joey? Hey. Uh, <clears throat> I don't know. I, I think that was... Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I uh, I think that it was interesting to hear you talk about how the pattern has emerged to you 
that of what what is happening because when you explain it like that i mean i've been in the group for a while i guess and and it does seem like that's pretty accurate a pretty accurate description of what uh what the what the path people take that make these big leaps the most successful people so uh i think i thought that was pretty interesting and how does that apply to you i think I think it applies to me. I mean, I, I think that it would be probably what what I need to do, I guess. Um, obviously, that's the ideal, right, is uh, improving, getting better, following that same path that other people have done. I, uh, I don't immediately see, I guess, I don't know. I'm like a per- I'm like a person who like I really like to see what the next step is and the next step is and the next step is. I guess I don't really really see what for me like the immediate next step is besides like okay I'm I'm planning to go on the Europe trip. I'm uh, definitely have been saving up money for a while now, so I I probably need to utilize that money somehow. Uh, so I guess there that I guess that. That's what I'm most confused at. It's like I, I like talking about the overarching path makes sense. Just kind of confusing about the exact next step. So if I can share, I think you're at the same exact stage as I was um, when I was basically like a, a senior instructor for Pickup 101. And here's what I mean. Uh, at that time, I was working in finance, but I had traveled. You know, and I was leading workshops, but I was probably worse with women than you are at this stage. But the the quality was shit (laughs) back in the day. (laughs) Right. Um, You know, I I was leading workshops in Australia, all over the U.S., but I sucked and I was fat. (laughs) um, (laughs) The fucking joke who who they had leading these workshops. but, you know, hey, the guys that were attending were so bad, they were still learning from me. We're worse. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> sometimes your best coach is the guy right in front of you, right? Um, <laughs> so, but my situation was like I, I was, you know, so I was doing these things. I was social, just like you're going on trips and you're going out there and you're hitting on girls. And that's basically what I was doing, right? And I was coming back to the job that I didn't really like and I'd, I didn't really see where that was going to go, but I was just working away and I didn't really see really much, right? But I was, uh, I guess the difference is like for me, the dating stuff was, was a, a passion and it was, um, an obsession. And because I was so obsessed and passionate about it, I found a way to monetize it. Now, I don't know what your passion, obsession or anything. I feel like you don't really have one at this point. You don't really have a, a hobby that you're super interested in, but imagine if you got really interested in a hobby or found something you really enjoyed and really pursued that, you know, I think that's where, um, a new career kind of would potentially come from after a while, but you still have to pay your dues. You know, you might be, you might be just doing what you're doing, making money, um, stockpiling cash for a while and that's fine. That's great. You know, same with Sergio. Um, Sergio's not really in a, a, as much of a stable job, right? That you have, well, he sort of is, he drives for Uber. Um, 
Right. And, um, you know, consistently does that, um, makes, you know, but he's got his editing passion on the side and he's finding ways to improve that and build that and work with people like Patrick and get projects from other people. I've got some more projects I'm going to be sending him. Um, so I would look, you know, I would try to take on more interesting hobbies. Like, is there anything that you're doing that, that you find interesting? I guess the biggest part of that would be doing Toastmasters. I'm almost through the first, they have this, I don't know how familiar you are with it, but uh, the first book series or whatever, you have to do 10 speeches. So I'm about to complete my seventh on Monday. So that's probably the, the closest. It's pretty interesting. I'm like, I mean, I have a little natural talent for it. I would say definitely, obviously a long way to go to be, very exceptional. Yeah, and and who knows what you do with that, right? Maybe you get on the road and you give seminars, or right. you find a subject you're really passionate about, and you know you start recording videos on that. But that's a really leverageable skill to be able to speak in front of people. Um, if you can combine that with uh, platform sales, which I've studied a lot of, then. You know, that's that's an amazing career, traveling around, giving speeches, giving talks, getting paid to speak. Um, that's a that would be right. that would be dope, <laughs> you know. Um, and usually these more interesting, like any <laughs> in any time you turn a, a weird hobby into a career, that's the sort of thing I'm talking about. That's that's really interesting to women. Right. You're not a banker. You're not a doctor. You're not a lawyer. Right. That's all cool. Great. If you're super successful and you have your own firm and you get to do what the fuck you want to do, then then that's awesome. Right. Um, but what I keep seeing over and over is the, you know, the more creative you are and the more interesting you are, the more likely you are to uh, be hanging and, you know, at the best parties, meeting the coolest girls, um, leading an interesting, fun life. So I would, uh, right. yeah, keep keep going down that road because you don't know where it's going to lead, right? You, you really don't know. You have no idea. And But the better you get at it, the more opportunities open up. Like for Sergio, you know, he's been editing for a while and he's definitely getting better at editing. And now he's getting opportunities from other people to edit. And that little side hustle could turn into, and they're not opportunities from the, the people he was initially hoping he'd get the opportunities from. Like he was hoping to like move to LA and like be in the editing game. That's a horrible shitty life. I know so many editors who are just fat, (laughs) fucking lame, just douches that just sit around and they sit in their fucking room and they edit. Um, and that would be a horrible life for Sergio. <laughs> it's not fun, you know. Um, but <laughs> but if you're editing for people that have interesting shit going on, and you also maybe learn to film a bit, um, and you're on the road, you know, getting their videos. Well, now you have now you have an interesting editing job, and those are the sort of opportunities Sergio's now getting, and that's you know <laughs> that's a direct result of being in this group, but. You know, thank God he didn't move to LA and get a job editing or get a job editing with Pablo. Right, Sergio? Right. Uh, yeah. I guess. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> what do you mean you guess? Well, oh, 
well, because editing isn't really my end goal. It's just something, it's just like a uh, transferable skill that I have. I think the ultimate goal would be to be more involved in, uh, like, in cinema, like, maybe as a director or something. But I, I don't really share that with people. But I think ultimately that's the route I want to take, not so much editing. Well, that's great. That's uh, I could I could yeah. make the the same exact uh, comparison to me, right? Um, you're edit me being a pickup artist is you being an editor, right? I had to teach pickup for a long time before I could teach this bigger picture stuff that I'm teaching now. And uh, you don't just start out as a director or a cinematographer, right? You either you're an actor who gets into it or an editor or something, right? Just like, you know, well, there's a lot of fucking weird losers who say I'm a life coach, but make no money. <laughs> right? But, um, and my aspiration isn't to be a life coach because I hate that title, but I'd much rather coach people uh, on how can, to, can I, can, can I chime in here? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I've, I've taken uh, a few uh, directing classes at uh, UCLA and some of them are filled with editors, and it's sort of transferable, but not really. Uh, like there was a, in my short film class, there, were, there was this editor. He was like a really good editor, worked for like some major TV show. But I would say the films I made were better than his. His were better edited, but it's not like a one-to-one. If you want to be the director, like just take a bunch of classes, do a bunch of uh, stuff. It's a, it's a, it, you know, editing is like a good skill set, but it's not, it's not immediately transferable. And if, especially if you don't like doing, cause it's super tedious and attention to detail, uh, I would, I would just go directly into like making your, your, your films and offloading it to an editor or like get reasonably good with it and then just stop doing it. Well, sure, Beasy, I have to disagree. Um, I don't disagree with anything you're saying that is wrong. I think it's all accurate. But there's a different path that I think you're missing. And um, Sergio doesn't want to go the traditional path. And he probably, maybe he might think he wants to be, like, make, you know, movies and be in Hollywood and do that sort of cinema. But I have a feeling that that's not the route he's going to take. And um, also it's not the end goal. He, he may think he wants that now, but I don't think as time goes on, he'll want that. So imagine if he's editing some projects for me, editing some bullshit for Patrick, getting referrals from us. He's going to be getting referrals to people that have weird editing needs. Um, he's probably going to start filming his stuff as well. He's going to learn, you know, he's not just going to learn editing. He's going to learn, uh, art design and all the things that go into making a movie, right? A finished product or a video. Um, and then he might start his own production company or he might do some weird projects on the side and they'll lead to something. And then all of a sudden he'll have this weird business like Charlie's wick, for example, he was one of the guys, um, who worked for Ben and his moho. He's working in a moho, taking pictures, doing weird shit. Now he has a production company and he does commercials and he makes music videos and he does weird shit. Um, and he's got, you know, fortune 500 brands that are paying him for this. Um, but there's no way you get there through traditional, like 
directing classes or acting classes um, because they're all going to tell you to go down the same avenue, right? Any girl who goes to L.A. and tries to become an actress or any dude, they, they all fail because they do the same fucking shit. It's not creative. They go through the same classes. They all try to become a marketer. Um, and it's, it's all these basically hustlers trying to teach people, you know, they got the same, you know, they got the same old, same old for, um, people in the internet marketing game. I was a victim to it. Take this internet marketing class and this one and this one, you'll make tons of money online, blah, blah, blah. And I tried them all and I really understood internet marketing, but it didn't work for me because I wasn't doing anything creative with my marketing. Um, what eventually worked was starting this group and, um, thinking outside the box. So if a bunch of other people have done it that way and you're, you know, following that standard route, it's probably not going to work or you're going to get the results that everyone else is getting. Thanks for listening. If you want more, go to innerconfidence.com and don't forget to subscribe to this podcast for the latest episodes.